Speaking of underwater activity, like you do have different kinds of bases underwater. Like you have spirit cities underwater, which is like underwater spirit kingdom stuff. But you also have underwater like alien bases and outposts where like you do have alien greys sitting in almost like a, a domed and maybe like camouflaged where you wouldn't know it was there unless you knew it was there and the usos actually do go into their own they're, they're like bases like military bases where but mostly aliens are up well, what we would call aliens are operating out of those and then you have underwater military bases they're usually in the seabed or connected to it and and so you, you have a lot going on underwater and not everything is all just taking orders from the same guy or the same council and so, yeah, but, but then in the midst of all of this activity, you have the merfolk. The merfolk. The history of our Earth is so different from what we can imagine. Enjoy the journey. The Smithsonian, that if they found out about a large skeleton somewhere, was to go get it. I'm going to assume at least one person is right, because if one person's right, it busts the paradigm. It all goes back to the fallen chair. And the problem with the modern day church, they have a very truncated view of the supernatural. This backdrop is just pregnant with all kinds of meaning associated with this Mount Hermon event. And this guy defects from the kingdom. That's a big deal. All right, welcome back to Blurry Creatures. Uh, we got Dan Duvall back on the podcast, and you know, I don't really know how to how to explain what this what this episode is going to be. We're going to talk about mermaids, which is going to get us into water kingdoms and all kinds of weird stuff. If you're a first time listener, keep an open mind. Um, this is like jumping in the stream, but the stream's been flowing for a couple years, and we we know a thing or two about how the stream works, I guess, or where the stream is sort of located. And so when you jump in, it's a little wild ride. We bring on guys that that have more opinions about the blurry verse. Guys like Tim Alberino, Dan Duvall, Laura Sanger, people people who who speak in a more of matter of fact tone. And that kind of ruffles some feathers, but you know, you gotta love the people that are boldly saying, This is what I've experienced, these are the stories I've heard, this is the reality that I've sort of been able to put together based on these these interactions. So it can ruffle some it can it can really get people going. Right, Luke? It gets people going, you know? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no, listen, like, this blurry creatures, right? So we, we're, we're talking about creatures, and today we're, we're talking about merfolk. So, you know, whether your experience is the Little Mermaid and you're, you're a kid of the 80s, or Splash, or spl- splash we're going we're gonna to talk about, you know, the, sort of the ancient creature and mythology around merfolk and perhaps a reality in realms around that, that creature. Um, I don't know how else to put that, but it, it does feel a lot like in some ways, like we talk about Sasquatch and I mean, some of the other creatures on this show, yeah. but this will be a fun one. You know, Dan, Dan is a, a fan favorite or the opposite of that, depending on, on who you speak to, yeah. but we love Dan, Daniel Duvall. I, I, he is, he's been such a great friend of the show and it's always a trip down, down the weirdest of, of weird roads when we get Dan on. And so it, buckle up for this one. Yeah. But I think you're going to, if you've listened to the show and you're following along on this journey podcast, I think you're going to hear a lot of things that you've heard before um, 
included in bits and pieces in some of these some of the story. So we're excited to have Dan back and to do a Dan DeBall episode. People have been asking. Blurry delivers. That's right. This goes to eleven with Dan. Don't even look at it. Don't even point <laughs> at it. Don't even look at it. No, I think it's true, Luke. I think when you talk about like for instance, you talk about ancient giants, you have to sort of describe the world that the ancient giants lived in, where they came from, how they had you can't just talk about that there were giants, right? And that's what we do on this show, is try to give you context and a framework to understand, okay, if these things exist, what is the world in which they, they live around and where do they come from? And so when you're talking about these mermaids, you're going to talk about hollow earth, you're going to talk about underwater kingdoms, you're going to talk about, you know, all these things that, that have to be in place for this creature to exist. So it's it's not as easy as, let's talk about mermaids, right? And that's not what we do here. We try to get real deep into the into the understanding of how this thing could exist and what it what it might be. And, and as, as you know, it just gets more complicated per creature. So if you want to become a member and get more access to Blurryverse, blurrycreatures.com slash members, help Luke and I make this show another two-hour episode for you. We spend a lot of time curating, finding, recording this stuff on our... And memeing. And memeing. Yeah. A lot of memeing. And, you know, your your membership helps us keep the lights on, keep producing, keep pumping out content. And if you had something that you think is blurry-worthy, blurthy, Hit us up, info at blurrycreatures.com. Look at that. Well done. Well done, Nathan. Send us your uh, story, and if it's weird enough, maybe we'll just get it on this show. Put your story out there in the world. Again, thank you guys so much for sharing the show with friends and family, posting about it on social media. Tag us at Blurry Creatures, and we'll share the goods. All right. Especially, especially wearing your blurry gear. Let's get Dan on All right. Welcome back to Blurry Creatures, author, pastor, podcaster, Dan Duvall. This is your second or third appearance. This is the trilogy on Blurry Creatures. <laughs> Dan, you're executive director at Bride Ministries. You work with uh, survivors of extreme trauma, satanic ritual abuse. We've talked about that a lot on the show. Government-sponsored mind control agendas. But today, we're going to talk about something a little different on Blurry Creatures. We're talking about mermaids and the merfolk. Welcome back to the show. I know you got a new book coming out. Lots to talk about today. Appreciate you uh, coming on our podcast. I know you, it's, it's great because a lot of our members share your episodes in our members' feeds, the wild rabbit holes that you're going down. <laughs> but you were talking before the show and you were saying, you know, usually when it comes to these complicated topics like aliens and merfolk and Bigfoot, usually there's a, there's a wide variety of things at play there's it's like d all the above there's there's so many facets and and parts to these these topics and concepts it's not just one size fits all answers and you deal with a lot of these people that say hey not only do i believe in this stuff but i've participated in it and it's probably the things you hear and the sort of the paradigm in the world you're in are so unique so welcome back to blurry creatures i'm excited to talk about merfolk yeah, that was a little bit of a long introduction. No, but, but you know, before, you, before you say anything, Dan, like you are in high demand. We we probably get a, a few messages every week asking when you are coming back. So grateful that you you decided to spend some time with us today. Our, our audience loves to hear what you, what you have to say, and we're excited just to to have you back back in the blurry verse, Dan. Yeah, well, let me just give your audience a shout out. 
We love you guys. As, as a matter of fact, there's been a whole number of people from your audience that have come to our platform, sat down with some of our coaches for help and uh, ministry and deliverance from different things. And, you know, we, we're, we're just excited to serve. I, I, you know, really have a heart for people that have been through tough things and the things that they can't explain, the supernatural, the extraordinary. I was, I mean, I was one of them, you know, and I shared that on the first time I came as like, yeah, I was sleep paralysis and seeing demons walking around and all mm -hmm. kinds of unfortunate circumstances, torment around that. And, it, you know, it's hard to get the questions answered and, and anymore, the kind of things people go through now, it makes like what I was dealing with, like kindergarten, you know, but mm -hmm. we're, we're here serving and we just want people to be helped. We want people to have peace, joy of the Lord. And sometimes with certain backgrounds, it's hard to have the joy of the Lord. It really is. And so, you know, shout out to everybody. Thank you for your kindness. And for all of you that were looking forward to me, you know, uh, glad to be back. Um, yeah. yeah. You know, the, you're right. And, then, and that's what I was saying before. With a lot of these subjects, when we begin to talk about the supernatural, supernatural creatures, we, we say like things that do not exist in the zoo or in your normal walk down the street. It would be nice to put everything into one bucket and just to say, well, this is this. Like an alien is a alternative creation of God that lives on Jupiter. That's just what it is. That's the whole conversation, end of story. And sometimes they visit, right? And, and so we could just put it in a, like, a box and just say, this is what it is. But the deeper that we go into these conversations, the more nuanced everything becomes, the more complicated everything becomes. And it's like, well, it's not just one thing. It's not just one thing, whether it's the conversation on the aliens. We almost did the, a Christmas special on elves. I, unfortunately, I don't do Well, we have another year. We've got, we might have to, we have to revisit We're getting that. Close. We're getting close. We might need to have you back quicker, quicker than before. We can still make that happen at some point. But coming to merfolk which is what we're here for what i was saying was it's not just a simple like one thing this is what a mermaid is done you know mermaid is a cartoon put out by disney that they made into a full feature film like that's all it is done like you know it's more complicated and then i said shameless plug i do have a new book that came out it's available on broadmovement.com and the reason why i have this book pummel the devil is because I believe that God put you here, that is you and your whole audience, to give the devil a black eye. Like that's the that's the whole thing. We we have authority and power, and, and there's a way to exercise that as a Christian that is going to give the devil a very bad day. And uh, I'm here to empower people to step into that lifestyle. And so we put out this book. I think it's going to help a lot of folks. Now, the the, the subject of, of 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 merfolk is really interesting. Now, I, like many people, I, I ran into mermaids early on because I was born in the 80s. And so the Little Mermaid was part of my childhood. Like I watched it. I watched it. And you know I'm sure you know all the songs. And oh gosh. Yeah. They, you know they have <laughs> different songs. Like you have to listen to those in school. And you know, you guys remember the VHS tapes? Like Oh yeah. I think I saw that in theaters, one of the first movies I remember. I got Under the Sea. I could think I could sing the whole thing. Wow. You know, you know. Oh yeah. I mean we're kids of the Luke 80s too. Luke likes to sing on this on this podcast. No, you know what? Time. Wait, 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 wait. It, it could could you though? Like if we <laughs> just were quiet, would you sing? Though? Dan, I could. 
between could and going to or or, or would I think is is a, there's a there's a chasm there. <laughs> and the funny thing is Nate is actually the singer here. Nate Nate was a frontman for a band for 15 years. You're not asking me to sing. But you know, if we need to if we need to break into some little mermaid at some point toward the end of the episode, you know, we'll see if I can warm up the old. We the do old need pipes to put here. out like a spoof Bigfoot record like Tenacious D, but we only sing about Bigfoot, you know? I think wow. we could do it, Luke. I think I think as long as you're singing, I think we're probably in a good, <laughs> probably in a good a good place. But I, I mean, mean I, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm happy to listen. Dan, I appreciate that. No, I, I I like what you're saying though because I I think you know a lot of folks that are in our age bracket in this space will have some sort of this is your your baseline. You you remember the Little Mermaid, Disney Disney movie, Under the Sea. But this is like an ancient thing, right? I mean, we talk about si- we we we've heard about sirens. You know that 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 goes back to the to Ulysses and, and the Odyssey and I mean, this is an ancient, ancient thing. And then, of course, there's been, you know, if we're talking about just on a, on a baseline, there's there's weird stories that, that people have. Nate, there's a guy that we tried to get on the show a number of times who's said he heard sirens. There's the one, there's that. Oh, he filmed them. There's this guy, so there's this fisherman who films them from time to time. He hears them singing at night. He films them, that he, and he, he swears sometimes he'll see them swimming next to the boat. You see these, like, lumps in the waves. But he filmed them. It kind of sounds like... It kind of sounds like a blend between an animal and a human, sort of in the distance. This like these cries, and his, mm. and some of his videos went viral. He's trying to become a rapper, so he's a little preoccupied. He won't come on the show, but but it, it's 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 intriguing, and his his videos have gone viral because yes. people are like, this dude's just filming on his boat, and you can you can hear him in the distance. I don't really think he's spoofing him. Yeah. So there's still apparently people are having these sort of TikTok video encounters with these things. Yeah, so that, that and I know there was, there was this crazy story, and I don't know if this is wrong, I think it's out of the Congo or Nigeria, where there was a bunch of construction workers that were working on, do you remember this one, Nate? We're working on a, a yeah. dam there, and they all quit because they claimed there was there were merfolk in, in, in the water. And this is a more modern, you know, this is not a, these are not the old seafaring tales, which, which there are tons of. This is, this is like, you know, in the last decade. Yeah, this is t- today's. And that's really... I mean, when it comes to, I, I feel like even my baseline here, Nate, that's that's where it, it ends. I like that you started with, with VHS and Little Mermaids because, you know, you had Three Ninjas and I think Heavyweights was one I had on VHS. And we're not going to get into a quote and all that. But, hey, but, you didn't uh, watch Splash growing up? Splash. I mean, I remember Splash, but I don't. I, don't, I, I didn't watch Splash. I, okay, oh. So my sister loved Splash. She even made a mermaid suit and used to sit out by the pool. It got a little weird in my house growing up, but <laughs> this makes all it makes a ton of sense. Splash <laughs> was a big deal. Anyway, Dan, we're here for you. You, you <laughs> tell you tell us. Yeah, we don't here, know. We're here to derail. We're here to derail this conversation. That's all we know. That's all we know. So that, that that's. I'm sure that's not all you know. But but okay. All right. So I'll step in and, and share a couple of thoughts here. Now, now, now that was my you know initiate initial exposure to the concept of a mermaid and it was just like oh it's just a cartoon friendly this that whatever but you, you know as time goes on you do come aware of wow there's a rich history around merfolk and merfolk encounters i mean people have been painting them on the walls of caves for thousands of years it's just it seems to be pretty much in the i would call it the corporate or mass consciousness of human experience like from one end of the world to the other people have these histories that include associations with merfolk and uh, pictures and it's not isolated to like just one spot on the planet and this really opens up a, a realm of conversation that goes actually much further beyond merfolk it actually extends to what i would call the underwater spirit kingdom 
which is a very broad subject. And that even expands a little bit further out into the conversation on the elemental kingdom, mm. which is extraordinary. And uh, I, I, I have a lot to say on all of that. And so, so, the, so the mermaids play a role as, as, as agents that really operate within the underwater spirit kingdom. They, they do actually exist. And so this is the part where, you know, we, we get into the blurriness of the whole thing, right? Mm. It's like, well, well, if they do exist, then why? What does that mean? Why are they there? And 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 this is where my response is: it's more complicated. It's there. There's different facets to this whole thing, and 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 so I'll just hmm. kind of at the beginning kind of state a couple of categories of merfolk that I'm aware of. Number one is the shapeshifter merfolk. What what that means is, just like you can have a person that is like that the whole lichen deal with where they through demonic infestation possession enhancements you know initiations and rituals that allow them to go so far into the dark side they gain abilities to actually change form physically so you will have a physical human being that with the demonic abilities and powers and all of that they shape shift into another form entirely so you have a werewolf a were pig where crocodile i mean this this happens in the us this happens in africa this happens on you know where you have deep occult this is like the skinwalker phenomenon as well right Absolutely. It's the same Absolutely. yeah yeah so so what i'm going to tell your audience is not only do you have shapeshifters when in, in like the wear category of like wear animals or whatever, but the shapeshifting extends into the merfolk conversation. Like there are people who can shapeshift into a mermaid form with demonic power and possession. And that also changes the physiology to be able to be underwater. And this is the case with the person that I was interviewing on my podcast. Her name is Priscilla. And her story is she was exactly that. Now she's sitting as a human, like on my podcast, telling my audience, you know, tens of thousands of people around the planet about how she would shapeshift into a mermaid. And she shared a lot of things about the, the nature of the initiation protocol, and it, it includes some fascinating aspects. So, so a few of the things that she shared in her testimony were like, number one, there was an engineering aspect to her conception. And, you know, there's been a lot of people ever since the Hitler project that have been engineered, you know, so they, they you know, we would call it just IVF plus, like they, they do this in certain laboratories that are owned by globalists and military operation and things. So they're, they're actually engineering fetuses with certain DNA that's not strictly human. And they're doing it underground and off planet and all that stuff. And they're adding extra ingredients because they're trying to get certain characteristics or abilities into the DNA that they can then activate later in the person's life. Think real life X-Men stuff. And so she even has memories of being in artificial wombs for uh, mm. uh, uh, prior to, you know, being born and the original parents that she reports having, like she's had to spend time with what she called Nephilim. She said, you know, they basically had no conscience. They they looked human, uh, but they were there to torture her and torment her and, and be sure that she got the adequate amount of trauma once she was born through early childhood. And, and part of the initiation that was described, and people can listen to my podcast because this is not my information, but hey, right. you know, we're talking about it. I think our most downloaded episode is this. It's called The Hit the Project. And basically mm. we brought on a survivor 
mm-hmm. went through it all and she sort of tells her story. So we're right. We're tracking with yeah, this you. Is, this is this is interesting confirmation because that's such a it's such a wild. I think that inserting that that i that idea or that or that truth into your into your paradigm is really hard for people um, because it's fantastical. You know, we had survivor in the same way that had been a part of the Hitler project and had a lot of the similar things. Not, I think I think the difference is the what you're going to get into in, in the shape shifting. That wasn't part of her story, but she has a bunch of things with with Nephilim and, and being frozen and then, you know, being things that sound really, really crazy on the surface. Yeah, it sounds like a be, bad sci-fi movie. It's, yeah. <laughs> it really challenges your, your perspective on reality when you're like, is, is this, this can really happen? Is this really happening? And I, I think a lot of people, like you say in the beginning, people like to put these things in, it's much easier to have things in a box that, that is comfortable. And so I just, I, the only reason I say that, Dan, I don't want to interrupt your flow here because I think, I think you're, you're drawing a really good linear line right now, but this is something that our audience has heard on our Hitler Project episode with Dr. Laura Sanger and L. They get real mad at us when it happens too. Yeah, hmm. but I'm sure, I'm sure you get, you get a lot of that mail. <laughs> yeah, well, I, that's what you always say when the other time I came on, you're like, this is like a, conglomerate of all these different podcasts we've mm-hmm. done and just dots are being connected you know yeah i'm happy to be a connector absolutely hey. dan yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah i don't want to cut you so, so anyway, i want to make that point if you haven't listened to that episode and you're this is the first time you're tuning in to blurry creatures or you started somewhere in the middle after you listen to this merfolk episode take a look at the hitler project and you're going to see at least at this point in the episode you'll see that there are a bunch of parallels between priscilla and her story that we're going to get into and then also what we talked with Elle about and the Hitler project and her story. So really cool when that happens, but go ahead, Dan. So, so what was described on my podcast, uh, as far as like initiation protocols, uh, she would be drowned regularly and often. Now, when you have a person that is being groomed by the occult, they like to either create near death experiences or complete death and resuscitation experiences. Um, because what one of the things that does is it, first of all, shatters the soul and trains the soul to go out of body. Like the soul actually gets used to going in and out of the body back and forth because you, your body is dying. You're leaving your body and then they resuscitate you and you, your soul comes back in and then you die and it goes out and resuscitate goes back in. So, so they, so, so it's like astral projection kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's a total initiation into astral projection abilities, like the near death. If you don't have a lot of near death experiences in young childhood, astral projection for the average person requires a lot of effort. It's not like I can't, for me, I don't even know what it's like to leave my body. Like I can't kick myself out of my body and float around in the spirit world. I wouldn't even know where to start. So you, you know, you do have things like transcendental meditation and, and occult arts that try to teach people to do that. But when you have been tortured and killed repeatedly, it's like second nature. It's like, oh yeah, I just... In and out, and so there's there's that aspect, but also, you know, for 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 her, as they were doing this process, they were actually doing it a specific way where they would hold the legs together and drown her upside down, and then pull her out and drown her like that. And so something was essentially this is my takeaway: turning on in her modified genetics bloodline iniquity whatever and 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 her legs were getting more and more slippery as they did this process many times um and then there was a certain point where it's like the legs got very slippery and and she just 
slipped into the water that they were drowning her in. And there was like, um, you know, an initiation type thing that happens and onboarding of certain cult power and demons. And she's shape-shifting at that point. And the legs that were held together now become the fin. And, and she, for the first time, is taking on that mermaid form physically. And, and then later in life, you know, they as a, as a worker in the occult world, they would just summon her. She'd just walk over to the shore, jump into the water, and her body would shift into the mermaid form, and she would begin to travel through the waters. And so, so as with most initiation processes, there's a lot of torture and death and all kinds of occult aspects involved. The same would go with people that learn how to be shape-shifting werewolves. Like they they go through heavy-duty preparation to be able to do stuff like that and if their their whole goal is to if some of these demonic practices is to torment other human beings is to sort of oppress humans what would the what would the goal be for sort of a mer a mer person yeah i mean so as we (laughs) like what are they trying to do as we're talking through this right it it, 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 she you know she described doing many missions I mean, some of those missions, you know, they would actually target sailors at times or people that were on the water, pull them underwater to underwater rituals. So there was murder involved, commune with deep underwater powers, because there's a lot of like big guys that operate in the deep. And one of the things about the deep that people I think don't understand is that the deep in that of the earth that we live in is, is way more uh, nuanced as well. It's a, it's, it's a realm unto itself. In the mermaid form, she described being able to navigate the underwater labyrinths. And those are ways to get into not only the hollow earth realms, but also transport to alternate earths. And uh, so there's a lot of portals in there. There's also a lot of very scary creatures that lurk in the in the underwater labyrinths and you need, you know, a combination of speed, ability, psychic power to be able to navigate those. But being part of that kingdom allows for humans to access these realms that way. One of the interesting things that she described as well was being able to take on different forms as a mermaid. So like she described the difference between being in, you know, warmer waters in a certain form. And then if she had to take a mission to the Arctic or the the Antarctic, then the 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 form that she had was actually more blubbery. It was like there there, there are these Arctic merfolk forms that are different from the you know more warmer waters that you would find maybe in like the Mediterranean or you know certain seas and stuff. Definitely like the Weird. Gulf of Mexico. All of these things. I'm just like you know. So I'm just listening, right? Because I'm a guy. I'm just like, wow. Okay. Yep. 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 <laughs> so this is all I'm just reporting at this point. Right, right. Well, a lot of these topics, Dan, like in my, in my mind, we're not gonna, we don't have to go here and talk about the Hollow Earth and stuff. But we talk, we we've had people kind of casually drop that UFOs are underwater, floating around. That these things are going by. Um, you see these things coming out of the water, coming out of the seas. So there's definitely they're they're definitely flying into the into the water, going through. You know, some of these things that are. 300 times faster than any submarine or any sort of underwater thing that we can we can document and this has been reported you know it's been reported by our government it's been reported by people in the navy so it seems like there is some you know we've talked about the traffic but we haven't really talked about any of these kingdoms underwater and i would, I would add to that Nate, like also biblically speaking right there was the biblical idea of of the water was chaos and that the and the demonic 
we're in sure. the water, right? Which is what makes the Christ walking on water and those things, you know, symbolic, symbolically, yeah. yeah, very symbolic in the sense of his his dominion over this. But also, you were like that from a biblical, like, you know, cosmology, if you will, sort of idea. Yeah, there's Leviathan. This is where the realm of of the demonic, right? This is the this is the demonic going to the pigs and then going into the water. There's a lot of. It's interesting to me. There's a lot of that, and I, and I'm I'm glad you kind of were like as you're sitting there asking the same question, like, what's, so what's the purpose here? You know, and is this an army of darkness thing? In addition to sort of doing, you know, these missions, as you say, is it is it is this is this about building an army for the for the final battle as far as like an agenda? Is this felt that does this along with the sort of the Nephilim agenda? Does this play into that agenda? So you have these sort of, as you said, X Men, these sort of super soldier manipulations. Is that, is that part of it or well, or is it just a thoughts on that, Dan? Because I mean, I, I have so many thoughts. So <laughs> yeah. as usual, right. right? I'm trying to keep my thoughts straight so I can be organized. Sorry, we talk about this. We're not helping here. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to help our listeners kind of realize that this isn't the first time we've heard this. You know. Right. So yeah, okay, okay. So so right now we're just focused on one aspect of the mermaid conversation, which is right this shape shifting, which yeah. the shape shifting portion of it, which was reported to me, and and I have plenty of podcasts people can refer to. So so I'm just playing the role of reporter at the moment. But like, but okay. So speaking of underwater activity, like you do have different kinds of bases underwater. Like you have spirit cities underwater, which is like underwater spirit kingdom stuff. But you also have underwater, like alien bases and outposts where, like, you do have alien greys sitting in almost like a, a domed and maybe like camouflaged where you wouldn't know it was there unless you knew it was there. And the USOs actually do go into their own, they're, they're like bases, like military bases where, but mostly aliens are up. Op- or what we would call aliens are operating out of those. And then you have underwater military bases. They're usually in the seabed or connected to it. And they, they have some of those as well. And this is stuff that's been reported to me by people that have been part of these projects or trafficked there. And so you don't just have the deep underground underground military base, right. but some of that extends to off-coast locations in like the seafloor realm. And so you you have a lot going on underwater and not everything is all just taking orders from the same guy or the same council. And so, yeah, but but then in the midst of all of this activity, you have the merfolk thing, right? And so, all right, so there's that part. There's that part. USOs are definitely a real thing. Um, even if you consider like what goes on in Antarctica, like, you know, they have underwater access to some of the Antarctica bases and stuff. Like you actually go underwater and then there's the, the gates. And so- Anyway, the the Kingdom of Darkness is certainly working on their agenda to bring in their new world order and and and, and involving humans at different levels of this, I think is a is a hack and a usurpation on the original commandment because God said, you know, Adam or mankind, uh, you will have dominion in the earth and you are going to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. And when when God gave the command to subdue the earth, that was just a general coverall. Like it subdue Eretz. Eretz is the Hebrew word for earth, like the whole thing, not just the surface. That like the command did not say the surface of Eretz. It's like the whole thing. So there's a certain like uh, aspect of being human that entitles us with a responsibility to the whole of the planet. So when you have all of this 
underground, underwater, hollow earth, and humans being initiated into stuff there, but under the jurisdiction of evil powers, it's like, okay, but they're they're tapping into something for a specific reason, and it has to do with humanity, what God mm-hmm. ultimately designed humans to be here for. And and so so that I think goes in a lot of very interesting directions. But you know, the devil hacks everything. He usurps everything. He counterfeits everything. He's a liar and the father of lies. And and I think he deserves everything he gets, which is why I wake up every morning. How can I kick the devil in the teeth today? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. back to the main point. So, so, so I mean, some of the things that Pr- Priscilla said were so fascinating. Another major bomb drop that she gave was they have like she would call them queen merfolk or so they're they're like more powerful Hmm. and even more deadly right they have more magical abilities and she said when you hit that level you are able to get the octopus bottom as opposed to just the fish bottom so the whole ursula thing Yeah, yeah ursula was the big witch uh, and 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 the little mermaid was like her victim like yeah well if you happen to be a high enough ranking occultist that has the merfolk shapeshift ability and you do have the tentacles you will probably have more power in the occult world than the ones that just have the fishtail interesting that disney yeah. would tell us that in the 80s but you know so that's that's the hardest part about these these stories right is that do you know this the shapeshifting it so it sounds sort of magical, right? But, but then didn't she shapeshift in the Little Mermaid? Like that's exactly she. But it was the other way. She started as way. a mermaid and shapeshifted to a human, and then fell in love. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's that's no. That's an interesting point. Like, I think they both did, right? Did, Ursula did too, as well. <laughs> so, but I mean, we hear about this, right? I think there are stories on our podcast where someone shapeshifts into a Bigfoot type creature, but then there are also Bigfoot creatures mm-hmm. that seem more on the animal mindset. Mm-hmm. So you have both of these things going on. So it's, it's really hard to know on our show, Dan, when the magical stuff happens, because I think it happens sometimes, but it's not the whole picture. Like there aren't just people that are all mermaids walking around. They just magically change it. It's not, that's not the whole story. I'm assuming there are species of these things. Exactly. And so my conviction is not every merfolk that exists, and it's not like you run into them every day, right? But if you happen to be in a well-populated- <laughs> Dan Duvall might. Dan Duvall might run into it more often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not so convinced that every merfolk that you would meet would necessarily be someone that has shapeshifted from the surface world. And you you run into things like Dagon, for instance. Now, now Dagon was understood to be the fish god. He was actually a big player in Jonah was called to. Nineveh. Thank you so much, Nineveh. Yeah. Dagon was a big player in Nineveh. He's like a fish god. He's often pictured as having a fish tail as a bottom, although he can have legs in some of his depictions, I believe. And then he has the like fish hat that he wears. Okay. So is Dagon a shape-shifting human? Uh, absolutely not. Now that, that's an actual, either it's a fallen angel or some kind of high-ranking spirit being entity that has perpetuated to humanity that it is a god or should be worshipped mm. as a god, whatever his origin story is. 
I think Dagon is a fallen angel. I think that God created Dagon and Dagon rebelled just like Lucifer. And But he ended up relegated to a certain realm of the elemental kingdom, the water elemental kingdom in the deep, uh, just like Leviathan. And he has, you know, sought out the worship of mankind and and has inserted himself in different ways. He was there in ancient history, and he's there in the Catholic Church, right? Being depicted as the Pope wearing the same fish hat. I was going to say. Yeah. I was yep, going to say yep. that, that, that. And then that we, we, we've talked about Dagon, Nate. Like with, Joel Marmala. When the Philistines capture the, yeah, capture the Ark and they put it into, into their into their temple to Dagon, it falls down and breaks the, this this effigy of Dagon. And, and, you know, he's one of the national gods of the Philistines, at least in biblical the biblical account. It's interesting that he's got a fish body though, you know? Yeah, maybe. Exactly. And and so so if you ran into Dagon underwater and he had a fishtail, like I would not say that well, that's not a shape-shifting human, right? So that's right. another category of quote unquote merfolk that is not human at all. And I think that the, you have a very strong case for that. So you have the shapeshifters, then you have the spirit beings that take that form. And then I would say you have a whole other category, which is interesting because the, the other category is actually what I run into a lot. And I'll explain how people experience this. So I work with survivors of satanic ritual abuse, government-sponsored projects, and, and history is wrought with trauma and pain and demonic stuff. And in the process of going through all of their trauma, their soul is being shattered. So, so the more the soul shatters, the more the enemy has to work with. One of the things that Ezekiel writes about is that there are soul hunters, um, and God is rebuking them in the book of Ezekiel. I believe it's chapter 13. And he's like, you know, you, you who hunt souls to make them fly. And he's talking about these witches that are essentially using these pillows to try to hunt and capture souls. Well, the reason why souls can be hunted is because when a person has been through enough trauma, the soul is shattered and those shards of soul, however big they may be, can be captured pulled out of body, trafficked on trade routes, sent to different realms. And they they know this and they do this. Um, even with UFO abductions, oftentimes there are going to be parts of the soul that are abducted and kept. So we will be working with people that are, say, targeted individuals and, 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 and know they've been through alien abduction experiences. And we begin to work with the Lord. And it's like, well, where are some of these soul parts? And it'll be like, well, they're sitting in Orion. There are actually soul parts sitting in Orion. It's like, how did they get there? Well, they were trafficked there because it turns out that humans aren't the only ones soul hunting. These entities are doing it too. And they get power from it because humans are like these giant battery packs. We emit so much energy humans have their own dunamis and it and, and when you mine it you can use it for all kinds of things uh, uh, the human emotion is extraordinarily powerful filled with energy And it's from the soul. So the soul has, you know, mind, will, emotions. Like they, they want this stuff. They want what humans have. And so they, 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 they mine it. They, they come after it. They take it. Mm. What, what happens though is sometimes, you know, people will have, and I would call it DNA, sometimes RNA, soul parts. They're trafficked to the realms of the underwater kingdoms and they end up being laced into entities that are merfolk. 
And so I'll be sitting in a session, say, with a person, and it'll be like, well, you know, why are you having all of these sexual dreams at night, for instance? Like, I can't stop all the sexual dreams at night. It's kind of harassing and embarrassing, and it just keeps going on and on. And it's like, okay, well, uh, what is that tied to? The next thing the person knows is they're being caught up into an experience where they're actually seeing and hearing a mermaid underwater. And it's like, am I connected to you? And it's like, yeah, part of your soul happens to be sitting inside of that entity underwater. And it's like, we have to get the person's soul peace untangled from that entity, which anchors it as and, and basically opens up like a quantum bridge to the person's surface world experience. And, and it ties it to the sexual defilement of the underwater spirit kingdom, right? And, and it's like, but the deliverance is we're actually separating them from a merfolk or a mermaid. And wow. But the sexual nature of these things is what lured the sailors to their death, right? They were, isn't that sort of, they were like lusting after these beings and then they kind of lured them in that way? Is that sort of the history of these things too? Yeah, yeah. The, the, one of the things that you learn in deliverance ministry is that there's a whole lot of sexual perversion that associates with the underwater spirit world as a rule. I, it, it just, there's a lot of that that comes from that realm. It's extremely common. It's just a trend. It's like, it literally, it's just a fact. So, mm. so yeah, I mean, and, and, and then these kinds of ideas get written into accounts and stories. And so we'll get the person's like delivered of this entanglement with this creature or the creature will be taken apart completely underwater, like spiritually deconstructed and we'll be able to get the person's soul part back. Uh, there may be other things mixed in. And my conclusion is some of the entities that you're running into are really more like clones. They're almost like they're just built. They're just like built somewhere in an underwater lab. And then they like, put human soul essence and other stuff in these bodies. And then the person is held in bondage to whatever they're using that thing for under the water. Like an avatar. And 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 see, this opens up the whole conversation on cloning, which, which is p pretty much the same thing, like because the same thing in the secret space program. In the secret space program, they will build bodies and put pieces of people's souls in those bodies. And those bodies will be off planet. They'll be commanders of starships. They'll be slaves. They'll be doing this and that. And the person sitting here in a physical body on the earth, but the piece of their soul is simultaneously sitting in a clone body off world and they're taking orders from a reptile and we'll run into that just like we'll run into the merfolk problem and we'll have to pull the soul out of that thing and get it cleansed from the blood of jesus the living water and put it back in the body and people then get delivered and stuff clears up and they stop having this problem and their body gets fixed and they physically healed i mean we see this every day all the time so does this have anything to do with like people who say they have like past life regressions like part of their soul might you know like because people will all say like my my child is describing someone who lived 500 years or 300 years ago, stuff like that. I mean, I'm just trying to understand this soul-splitting concept that you're... Nathan, do you really want to ask me this question? Well, dude, this is going to take us off of Merfolk. <laughs> okay, okay. I mean, it's just... I mean, I'm sure people are thinking... It, uh, I have something to say about this, and it's not what you think. Okay. I don't know if you're ready. You get, I don't know if go. your audience is ready for this part. This, this oh, is, Dan, here we go. That one is very deep. I think we might want to just put a... <laughs> uh, let's put let's put we should put a if you could do like a little a little like two minute 
rant on it and then we can come back but not gonna be two minutes okay let's okay. let's uh, asterisk that for another time <laughs> i'm just trying to understand the soul splitting concept i mean we've heard about it it's popularized by harry potter and things like that they probably there's probably some ancient stories i mean because everyone now lifts from the past and everyone's just recreating these stories and and sort of a new marketed version of it but you know that's that's a hard concept for a lot of people to wrap their minds around that this okay, could happen. so so past lives and soul splitting are two completely different conversations that both are deserve a thorough like yeah addressing yeah. and we can do that next you know you run into this thing right because there are people now they, they may call themselves like star seed or different they, they, there yeah. are people that are coming in and they're like i have memories of a whole life i lived on orion or in Sirius B or on Mars, and I'm now on Earth in this body, but I'm actually a cosmic being that comes from this experience. And then they have this whole chronology and story that they are sharing, and people are, especially Christians, are scratching their head like, what the heck mm -hmm. are we supposed to do with it? Because we believe that you are born and then you die and you will go to heaven or hell based on your response to Jesus Christ. So, so what do we do with this? Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's its own conversation. And I have some <laughs> very, very interesting observations on this one. Right. <laughs> yeah. We can do a whole episode. No, no, no. So let's, let's circle back. So we've got shapeshifters. We've got soul splitting. You got, you got avatars, you've got clones. What you called elementals. Soul split. Okay. Can you talk a so, little bit about elementals as far as like what that what that means and what that entails? Because I think that's something that we really haven't covered. Nate, we talked about it a little bit on the episode with the giant in Hawaii. There was a little bit of talk elementals there. I know this is a term that goes around, but I, I don't know that we've really sort of explained what that is on the show. Okay. So, so I'm very excited to talk about elementals. Now, this does completely fit with the theme of this show because you asked me to talk about Merfolk. Now, Merfolk right. would, would associate with the water spirit kingdom the water kingdom the water is one of four primary elementals on the earth the the four primary elementals are earth fire air and water now the thing about elementals is that because they are found in so many other belief systems right. christians cringe when they hear so elementals because they think oh this is new age or this is buddhist yeah. or this is japanese philosophy or this is hindu stuff or because it's in all of these different belief systems what i tell people is well no the elementals just are therefore they are acknowledged by all of these belief systems and by the way our bible talks extensively about the elemental kingdoms the bible spends an exhaustive amount of time addressing earth, addressing fire, addressing wind, and addressing water. And, and, and when you be actually begin to unpack elementals from a biblical perspective, what you realize is that there are elementals at different realms. Like there are basically what I would call godly elementals that they, 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 they are completely undefilable. And that would be living water. That would be the all-consuming fire that is God, right? That would be the wind of the Holy Spirit, because spirit is literally ruach, which means wind. And Jesus is the rock of our foundation, the chief cornerstone. Like, what is a stone? That's earth. So, so, so literally, God is an elemental spirit. And that, to, ah, 
<laughs> what did you just say? But no, God, tell me how God is not living water. You have forsaken me in Jeremiah chapter two. You have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. Like what is God saying there? So, so elementals begin with who God is and, and he creates out of his perfection, a creation that then does actually become defilable. So you have heavenly elementals and you have earthly elementals. Heavenly elementals include the sun, the moon, stars, those are heavenly elementals. And then you have earthly elementals, earth, fire, air, water. You do have fire in the heavens as well as water and wind, you know, but you do have like different categories of elementals in the earth. Everything that exists in interacts with the elemental kingdoms. And when we begin to understand, okay, all right. So elemental kingdoms are, are, are definitely being referenced throughout scripture. What you realize is this adds a whole other category of encounter that most people I think are, it's going to be just new for a lot of believers, but not for your new agers and your witch doctors and maybe your shamans that might be listening to me because they know in the occult world that there is a difference between like Baphomet and tree spirits. Like they know that. And so there's a whole category of spirit beings that fall into the elemental spirit being category. They're not purely demons. Mm-hmm. But they do have sentience and consciousness and associate with earth, fire, air, or water. Some of them are desperately wicked and completely defiled, like Leviathan and Dagon. These are like water spirits, but they're completely evil. But then you also have this thing in like the book of Revelation where it says, oh, well, I heard the angel of the waters say, like that's actually quoted right out of the book of Revelation. There's an angel in, in, and it's doing its job and it's assigned a post and it has to do with the water elemental kingdom and it serves God. So there are even angels that take posts relative to different areas of the elemental kingdom. So when we begin to look at the elemental kingdom, we we, we see a whole new realm of uh, reality uh, and, and understanding the world that we live in, why things work the way they work, because you can't even understand the systems of the occult until you begin to understand elemental kingdoms. For instance, most magic works on elemental power. Most magic works on elemental power. Like it's not just a witch saying words and then something happens. Like they will put a, a water bowl or they burn a candle or they'll have feathers or the, what, what, what are they doing? They're actually bringing an elemental kingdom in and they're focusing their own power on the item that connects them to that elemental kingdom to draw power from the elemental kingdom to then produce whatever it is that they are speaking to or trying to do. So so you have this whole thing in the occult world where people people learn how to work with one elemental kingdom at a time and they the, the more proficient they become across more elemental kingdoms, the more powerful they are as a witch. And so let's say a person learns to use the water elemental kingdom and the wind elemental kingdom and can do elemental magic using both of those very proficiently. Well, they can begin to do things like create storms and really weird weather patterns with their occult power. And well, if you add uh, fire to that, if you add earth to that, like you have certain witches that have, you know, an extraordinary ability to do destructive things with, with their ability to engage, uh, uh, those realms. One of the, one of the keys that I learned about, about the elemental kingdoms is that everything has dunamis, dunamis, um, and, 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 and to, you know, just anchor this, right. I did a whole series of this at the Bride Ministries Church. I talked about elementals for three months. 
12 parts on this. I mean, I have so mm-hmm. much content on this. It's ridiculous. I just have a thought here. It seems as though like a lot of times we think when we think of of angels and we think of Christ that Christ just snaps his fingers and everything happens, right? I, I'm sure, you know, he does that sometimes in, in the miracles, but a lot of miracles involve the elements, the water, the ceremonial washing jars, the blood, you know, the the wine, rubbing the dirt on the guy's eyes. He's using the elements. Is that sort of, and then obviously what Luke said a minute ago about the calming the seas and walk, you know, there's a storm raging. Is that like, is he, is this like a 4D metaphor going on here? A little bit? Yeah. Well, w- one of the things that happen is like, you, you, I mean, you see this with the prophets and with Jesus. Like every kingdom within the elementals responds to him in his role as God and man. Like Jesus walked on the water. The water partnered with Jesus and became solid so he could walk on it because it was like, I'm bowing the knee to you as water. Like, we surrender. We understand you're God. You know, but, but God even demonstrated this through like Elijah. Elijah was interacting with the elemental kingdoms in his miracles. I mean, he, this is such a powerful teaching. But when you look at how he did the sacrifice, right? He took water and dumped it over the sacrifice that was to be consumed by fire. And, you know, the, it sat on the earth or like a rock. I mean, the, the elemental kingdoms were sitting all over that miracle when God devoured the sacrifice by fire, licked up all the water in the process. Um, uh, God used Elijah to stop the rain, and then he caused the rain to come back. Miracles, you know, God, God had Elijah encounter the still small voice when he went into the mountain. And it was like, well, there was the, you know strong wind, uh, fire, you know, all this stuff that's going on there. This is all elemental kingdom interactions, even in the ministry of Moses, you know, he, there's this massive rebellion of Korah and, 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 and God's like, this is about to be judged. So who does he partner with to judge the rebellion? He doesn't partner with the Philistines or the Canaanites. And in this case, the earth swallowed them up. It just opened up like a big mouth and they went inside the earth and the earth closed up. The whole, the whole thing was judged by the earth itself. Wild. So all throughout the Bible, you see God is, his works are interacting with the elemental kingdoms. I mean, the flood of Noah, the fountains of the deep were broken up. More water came out from the earth up than rained down onto the earth. It was like the fountains of the deep made way for all of that. And, and, and this is another interesting conversation. So coming back to the, uh, the whole conversation on the merfolk and the deep underwater kingdom, there is, there, there, there is this reality that there are like aquifers. In other words, you can go under the water, then you hit the seabed, and then you go under the seabed, and there's more water. It's like right. underground, under the earth crust, water areas. And there's a massive aquifer right off of the east coast of the United States. I mean, it's like you go under the Atlantic Ocean, through the ground, and there's a whole other sea down there. Well, so we brought David Politis on the show who does Missing 411, and he says a lot of these missing people are linked to the aquifers underground, underwater. So he thinks that some of the things, these things are, tr- whoever is taking people supposedly are using these aquifers to travel. But that's, a, that's just a thought that I remember him saying. Because I, I, I didn't understand, like, how does aquifers have to do anything with, with missing people and, and all that? So, 
Dan, can I ask a, can I ask a really a really dumb question real quick on the elementals? Mm. So if we think about what makes up nature, right? These are the things. This is God showing His dominion over nature. Basically, like on a very baseline level, we're we talking about like fallen angels and demonic spirits, and also non-rebellious angels. If we're to sort of talk like that, are have sort of assignment or dominion on over over these aspects of nature? Am I? surmising that correctly like that there are yeah what i'm saying is the elemental kingdom includes a whole subset of spirits that are neither angels nor demons that the elemental kingdom there are actually elemental spirits okay okay that makes sense i'm just i mean i think we just says we default right on on a very practical baseline as christians is everything that is is angel or demon right and i, I think we we talked on the show about a bunch you know not just this episode but most episodes about how there is a a multitude of creation in in the in the spiritual blurry realm creatures. supernatural realm blurry creatures right that we, that we don't really even have kingdom we have kingdom for we don't have phylum or family for necessarily we just sort of think very binary when it comes to the supernatural or to the spiritual realm and so in that case it's trying to wrap my brain around the terms that we use and then sort of I'm glad well, you, you're, you're sort I'm gonna, of I'm gonna delineating make this there. Real easy. Yeah. I'm going to make this real easy for you and your audience, right? Because Thank you for making it easy for me, especially, Dan. Oh, oh that. absolutely. No, that's what I'm here for. You know, Blurry I'm, Creatures for Dummies. Next <laughs> book. It's coming. <laughs> Aren't you glad we ducked and dodged a conversation on past lives? Like that, that <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, that yeah. was <laughs> I always tease. I always tease the next episode dude, dude. in the episode. Nate's always trying to take us on a, on a hard right turn out of where we're, where we're trying, trying to go. I'm like Seinfeld. I have a little Superman somewhere in the episode. No, it's like that meme of the car, like like that's like skidding out towards the exit, and it's like stay on path for the episode, and then it's like Nate take us in a completely different direction, and the car's like trying to. Hey, anyway, there's a lot of ADD listeners. They they appreciate that. I'm where I'm I'm where Nate is. (laughs) All right, so I'm gonna make this real easy for your audience. So so in Psalm 148, God gives us a vantage point on the sentience of the creation and and just how many different categories of right consciousness and sentience there is throughout the creation okay so consciousness means i am i feel i exist sentience is like a, a self-awareness of you know uh, how i feel about a certain thing or whatever it's ability to have emotion and 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 and, and it takes all of that to be able to praise god to be able to engage God in praise and worship. So Psalm 148 is all about praise, all about praising God. And here's what it says. It says, praise him, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the height, praise him, all his angels. So there, there, there's your angels, right? Mm. Boom. There, there's angel. consciousness, sentience of the angelic realm, one liner, but then it follows it up. Praise him, all his hosts. Oh, interesting. So God has angels and hosts. Okay. Easy. Moving on. Praise him, sun and moon. Now what we begin to understand is sun has consciousness, moon has consciousness. They're, they're actually living entities in the order of how God created things. Now, now we might not experience that in our day-to-day lives. Like, oh, the sun is just what shines and gives us light because I'm walking around. Yeah, well, ask every ancient religion that worships the sun. Okay, like it's just not that simple. Same thing with the moon. And so, but but what did God create these heavenly bodies to do praise him right all of creation in its first estate gives glory to god so in the defiled state it can be used for other things like witchcraft but it goes on it says praise him all you stars of light now what i told you earlier was that the sun moon and stars are heavenly elementals boom so you have elemental spirits that are literally being distinguished from angels or fallen angels for that fact because whether it's fallen or not an angel began as a spirit created by god 
And so you have the elemental kingdom in the heavens being acknowledged as having a first estate to praise God, sun, moon, and stars. And I tell you, they do have consciousness. And so it's just, it's a break from traditional, I would say, conservative Christian theology, but it doesn't mean that's not what the Bible is saying in plain English. Now, you move through the passage and it goes on. It says, let uh, praise him, you heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. So now we're supposed to understand that water can praise the Lord, this specific elemental kingdom of water above the heavens, heavenly waters, praise the Lord. Hmm. It's just literal. Like this is not, this is not a metaphor. Moving on, the passage says in verse five, let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Verse seven, praise the Lord from the earth. Boom. So we have water, we have earth. You great sea creatures, all the depths. And then you have like the waters beneath the waters. You have the depths of the earth, the deep, the abyss, all of this. Fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees, tree kingdom, and all cedars, beasts and cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all the judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord. I love Psalm 148 because what it does is it makes everybody just stop with all their accusations, sit down and really think for a minute. Yeah. I don't I don't know where that line is. Like I don't know where people like deviate, but people are really afraid of a lot of things in their Bibles. But keep going. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So 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 that's I'm just qualifying what I'm saying about the elemental kingdom. So I'm saying there are fallen angels, there are angels, but there are elemental spirits and there are consciousnesses associated with the elemental kingdoms, earth, fire, air, water, sun, moon, stars, like this is this, this. And so when we really begin to understand the spirit world with. Is that like a job? Like, you know, we, we talk a lot about the watchers had a job, left their posts and came down and mess with us. Are they, are they sort of like, do they, is it more like a, a role, a task? This is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to take care of the water. Kind of thing. I believe so. I'm in, in certain areas, and then I think that's exactly what you run into even now, because you will have principalities. You you could call them that uh, rulers, territorial spirits. There'll be spirits tasked with responsibilities over a region, a, a lake, a stream, um, a town, an area of a city, like, and they sit over that, whether for God or for the kingdom of darkness, and they have an authority to be there, and they govern it, like the the area. It's like a territorial spirit, really, but just it, its territory is in, it happens to be fire or water or, I mean, the prince of the air, right? That's one of the things the Bible talks about as well. Right? well and this. here's the thing, right? So so when we come back to the whole thing, it's just like, well, how complicated is the spirit world? Well, how complicated is quantum physics? How complicated is God? Is God like, you know, Homer Simpson? Or do you think he's like literally the creator of the universe? I mean, it's just like God is infinitely complex and so is his creation. It is fantastically complex. And well, yeah, I mean, think about that. Like you talk about quantums or even talk about atomic stuff, right? That you keep splitting and you keep finding and they, they keep finding. It's like you can't, there isn't an end to, right? I mean, that, that's what's wild. I think we, I think, I think this is the, if, if anything, that's impressed upon me with some of this, Dan, is just that we we want to be so comfortable in in, in our in our understanding, or in our, even in in some of our our theological thinkings. That because, frankly, when you look at the vastness of of, of creation and sort of in some of the things that you deal in and, and walk in, and the stories that are told to you, and the things that you you traffic in because of the people that have been abused and 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 broken, it becomes very it can become vastly vastly again uncomfortable because. It's much easier to, frankly, right, to 
have this conversation and then be like, man, I just don't, I'm throwing it all out because it's so very much breaking up, breaking up paradigms and uncomfortable that this, I, I, I much, much prefer to think about things in binary terms and ones and zeros and making, making the spiritual realm feel that way or making even creation feel that way. Right. And, and I, that's why I think these conversations are so important just to, at the very least to think about, to expand your paradigm and, and your thought process about where we live and, and, and our, and our, sort of life itself and the operational and then our interaction with the supernatural. We, if, if you're a Christian, you believe in a very supernatural reality. And, but I think sometimes we, we don't want to address that, right? Because it's much easier to talk about things in platitudes and, you know, yeah, Christ rose from the dead and, uh, and he was, you know, immaculately conceived and those things have become so common. And yet at the, their essence are so un- miraculously uncommon, right? I anyway, I, I mean I, that's a little bit of a diatribe, but I just I, I the vast diversity of creation, and, and I and I think that we completely ha- you know are hamstrung if we don't apply that same paradigm to to the kingdom of heaven or the heavenlies, right? That and we don't though, and and I think Christendom does not, and and not to not to to bang this drum or to to bash it, but I think that's just become this thinking that we have very medieval thinking that the things are just very black and white um, but if there's millions of species and i want if you want to just blow your mind google how many insects live on the earth it's something crazy on the measure of more than a billion per person right and you go this is this is the vastness of creation it would seem like that in, as you say an, 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 an infinite created an infinitely under you know complex uncreated god to think that he just did sort of like you know i made two things in heaven is really an odd it's really an odd position to take in, in, in light of, I, I think. Well, the Bible is an encyclopedia, so they, they, we don't get out every single thing that exists. And, right, right, right. But I'm, I'm just saying, I, I, I just, I like this, I like this thought process because I, I think it's, it's mind expanding to start to think about. And then you see, so for you, it's you operate in this space, but I think it's for a lot of people to sort of open your mind to the idea that maybe the supernatural or the spiritual realm, whatever you want to sort of that realm, whatever you want to. You can categorize it as quantums or kingdoms or heavens, whatever you want to call that place with verna- without vernacular. It's probably much, much, much more fantastic than 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 I think that we've allowed ourselves to to believe. Well, this week the, our, our our guest Ali Siadatin was talking about how everything in on Earth echoes heaven. So everything we do here, everything we have here, echoes this heavenly realm, and it's. And his whole take was, it's a physical realm. It's a place. It's a place you can go to. These things come show up in our realm. And they take physical form. There is, you know what I mean? It's a mirror. We are mirroring the heaven of, on earth as it is in heaven, right? And we all think that everything in heaven is just this fluffy spirit floating Gnostic reality. There's no physicality to any of it. It's sort of this magical kingdom where magic happens. And that's not actually true, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's Disneyland. Well, here's the thing, right? What I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I am opening up a permission slip essentially giving people permission to understand their experiences in a biblical context and know that they're not just crazy. Because there are plenty of people listening to this program that, I promise you, they've had encounters with elemental spirits. They have encounters with fire spirits, water spirits, earth spirits. And I'm talking like dwarves and gnomes and people really have had encounters with these things right well fairies we just had a we just had we just had a guy on who's a practicing druid who talks about his encounters with fairies 
very spirits, a hundred percent. And what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, some of the stuff in this realm is absolutely like wicked, right? And I and I don't come on here and say let's start doing seances and try to encounter fairy spirits. Yes, like that's right. not what I am saying as a pastor. <laughs> but what I am saying is, uh, my experience is is that with the elemental kingdom as a general thing earth, fire, air, water, and how these kingdoms are interacting with man, the spirits that make them up are a, uh, a, a more of a scatter plot. Some of them are wanting to serve God, like legitimately praise the Lord that we praise. Some of them are serving evil, the, these spirits. Some of them are kind of like caught between. Some of them are pro-humankind. Some of them are antagonistic towards humankind. Like there's a vast diversity of activity that's going on in the elemental spirit world. And this is a whole conversation that has been I mean, completely ignored and not even considered by the body of Christ. Like we well, just want to call everything yeah. a demon. And then hijacked by, you know, this is what people will have a knee-jerk reaction, hijacked by the new age and by the occult, right? So then anytime mm-hmm. you, you, yeah. you, you speak about this, it's just like that's new age. That's uh, or or it's the other way where it's like, well, I wanted to be a Christian, but I couldn't find any validation in that religion, so I went new age because at least they understand me. So you actually have both, right? Right. Mm-hmm. What, what I'm here to tell people is, look, God is not surprised by your experience, friend. <laughs> like whatever it is, like it didn't surprise God. And even if you haven't encountered somebody that represents Jesus who can help you understand it, it doesn't mean that he can't help you understand it and or or that there isn't a context for it, which also acknowledges the supremacy of Jesus Christ as redeemer of mankind, the earth, and uh the savior of our souls. So with that said, though, right, returning to the under, I, I wanted to say this because this is going to um, also ping some of the people that are listening to this program, because I know that there are people that have had these experiences, right? One of the f- craziest things that we have run into with the underwater spirit kingdom is that, and I don't know the reason why yet, I haven't fully understood this. I just have a, a whole stack of reports about it. There are underwater constellations. Like, I know, I know. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? Right. There are underwater constellations. And I have had to, just like, just like we've had to help people get delivered of, you know, the Aries constellation or the Gemini constellation. How, how do people get in bondage to the Gemini constellation? Easy. You or your ancestors did rituals and uh, uh, spiritual practices of the occult nature to those constellations or involving those constellations, it's, you know, worshiping the stars. And then that put an iniquity in your bloodline. And now there's a, there's a consequence for that and it needs to be undone. And so we, we get people delivered of these constellations all the time. I have a prayer for it on my website. It's free. Event birds that shake heaven and earth. Anyway, but just like that, I've had these situations where I've had to get people delivered of underwater constellations, as strangely enough as it is. And this has actually put me in a whole other bucket where it's like, what is the deep? What, you know, the Bible says, the, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Like there is a sea under the waters. It is a realm of activity. There's a whole lot going on there. One of the things that was also described to me more recently is that um, some of these entities, like these really big dog entities, like they have craft 
and they will drive their craft around the deep, deep areas of the earth, like under the waters. And if you are high ranking enough to find yourself in one of those realms for whatever reason, whether you are astral trafficked there or you step through a portal, you take a form like a merfolk and you can go down there, whatever, you will see that these big boys, you know, mammon and all they, they but some of them have like whole craft that are almost like experienced as physical, but they're down there deep in the earth. And there will be helpers that are on the board, those helping to like, you know, make them operate. Very, very interesting. There's a lot of stuff that goes on deep, deep, deep under the waters of the earth that is highly spiritual, highly significant to what the kingdom of darkness is working um, into the surface world, if possible. Wow. Yeah. That's, you say a lot of wild things, Dan. We hear that's, it. That's, that's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Well, every epi- Everything is a, it's an episode. <laughs> you know, I, I don't doubt that we, we know less about bottom of the, of the ocean, but the bottom of the sea than we do about the surface of the moon. Well, that's the same with our government, right? We, we know we have a surface government, but we know we have a huge unelected underground government. I mean, almost every other person who comes on our show talks about these things, talks about the dumbs, the, you know, the, this underground sort of empire that they've created. And some people go down there and see all kinds of weird creatures that yeah, some, so guys, it, some guys go through portals in their pantry. <laughs> well, and yeah. I, let me, let me, let me give your audience another piece. Okay. So we're still on Merfolk. Um, yeah, we so are. I'm, I'm <laughs> roughly, kind of, I'm, I'm trying to try. <laughs> I'm trying to Thank you, Dan. You're a professional. You are. you are, you <laughs> are. So I read this book, I read this book and, and interestingly enough to get this book when I got it, it took me several years and I had to finally get it on an interlibrary loan from like another state. It was so rare. You couldn't find it, couldn't buy it. It was, and it was called Snatched from Satan's Claws. It was written by an African witch doctor turned Christian. Mm. You know, so when I finally got the book, I photocopied it so I could return it and then have it, the record of the book on my device because it was fascinating. I mean, what the guy claims was just off the charts. And then it turns out someone finally got the rights to it and published it. So now you actually, today you can buy it on Amazon.com, snatched from Satan's Claws. But this, this, this witch doctor turned Christian makes some claims. Now, do I think, I, I, I don't necessarily find that every report I have heard agrees with every claim he makes in the book from beginning to end, like about how the kingdom of darkness works per se. But, you know, everyone has their own perspective. And I think a lot of what he has to say is just not only accurate, but at the same time, revolutionary. It it changes the way you think about things. And one of the things that he suggests, right, uh, is that he comes from a long line of of witch doctors. And so not only was he a witch doctor, but his dad, his granddaddy, great-granddaddy, great-great-granddaddy, like he's a, he Mm -hmm. says he's an eighth generation. Wow. Witch doctor. So in order to prepare the womb for his birth, his mom had to have like 13 miscarriages and then he was allowed to be born. So, so the womb had to be completely defiled with death and m- murder, and because uh, uh, it wasn't all. I don't think. But anyway, he, you know, he says, you know, this is what he comes through. His dad, he, his dad had all these powers and abilities that were completely supernatural. And one of the things that he says in the book is, once he was finally born, his dad would go to the sea, and there would be a mermaid that would come to the shore, and and the dad would get the mermaid and carry the mermaid to the house. And he, as a baby, had to breastfeed from the mermaid. No. That's his claim. Wow. Interestingly enough, though, 
the entire bloodline seems to descend from an underwater spirit kingdom community because he talks about the ancestor. This is what he's told. The, this eighth generation back grandparent is a hunter and a warrior. Uh, and so he meets this being from under the water. It's a woman, but she's kind of covered in scales and she has magical powers. And so he takes her as a wife, has sex with her, and she has the son. And that's the first in the line of the witch doctor line. Um, and it, it's like, but she actually gave birth to that first witch doctor in the bloodline. And and then he said, you know, she would actually go into the sea for for months or years, just like Aquaman's mom in from, from the movie Aquaman, yeah. like literally, like she would go back to the sea, be in the underwater kingdom, and then she'd come back to the surface world and she'd, you know, give these prophecies and tell people psychic stuff or whatever, and she'd go back in. And, uh, but that's the, like the, so, so the bloodline is not fully human. And it's a witch doctor mm. bloodline. And it's like, that. that is my bloodline. That's, that's, that's what he's saying. But he's like, you know, Jesus stepped in and saved me. And the reason why I believe it is because I believe that this is the case with most, most bloodlines that are defiled, like for the high, like the global elites, the kings of the earth, like all, you know, these bloodlines are highly defiled, any kind of Illuminati bloodlines. And, and, and this is how I, I back up my, my belief. I'm like, well, just look at the family crests. Like, how many of these family crests do not include some kind of dragon, like, or line or creature of some sort? Like, they, I, I, I almost feel like that's like the portrait of like great, 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 great granddaddy. Like, we all come from the great red dragon bloodline or this, like, they're, but that's why they have the powers that they do to rule over mankind and the agreements and covenants. So it's interesting, just another piece, like, there are, seemingly certain witch doctor bloodlines at the very least. And I think there's others around the earth that do have almost like ancestry and genetic contributions from populations under the water. And it's a defilement and it's an iniquity in the bloodline that needs to be resolved. It actually needs to be put under the blood of Jesus as people are breaking those generational bondages and cycles. Man. Do you think some of these things are related sort of the original Genesis 6 rebellion where they... Totally. I think, you know what I think? I mean, and there's various opinions on this, right? Some people say there was just a one incursion in Genesis 6. I, I think you have to be an ostrich with your head in the sand to believe that there was only one incursion of supernatural entities moving into human bloodlines. I, I cannot buy it. But the Bible says that it happened then and also afterwards. There were Nephilim on the earth and also afterwards when the sons of God came in into the daughters of men. So I think I think that it just sets up a pattern and a perspective like this is possible. Beings that are not human in origin can intercept human bloodlines. And the way that they intercept human bloodlines is going to be different. And I think that we live in an age where we're more like the Daniel chapter two version of this, where it's like, you know, they will mingle their seed with the seed of men. I think that they've moved beyond just like actual marriage only or not marriage, just sexual acts producing a natural hybrid type of person. They're engineering them in labs, off planet, deep underground, underwater, in the other dimensions. And they're putting in people that have modified genetics with an intent. They want to get very specific traits with a being that still looks very human and, ha and is human. I mean, by definition, has a human spirit, has a human soul, but it has all of this other. And, 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 and this is where deliverance ministry has moved. And this is one of the reasons, guys, why I, I kind of marvel at 
certain deliverance ministries because they're like, oh, we're just going to cast out the demons. Like, do you understand the population of people you are ministering into at this season of history? Like, it's not just demons (laughs) that are causing people a problem. There are the, the, the complexity of what the kingdom of darkness has been engineering as we move towards their new world order is vast. And if there's not a certain level of awareness, you're only going to hit a wall at a certain point. And that's where like we get slammed anymore. People are coming to us from all over the world. Like we tried this ministry, we tried that ministry and we just hit a wall. There's a reason why it's it's more complicated. Yeah. It's like we have sort of a model T theology and, and this old school understanding of everything and everything is just a demon that's bad. And we get it a lot. People chirp in that, in that, uh, in the comments section all the time at us because we, we will just address the alien topic. Okay. A government's talking about aliens now. Aliens are, we can't even accept the reality that there could be these things flying around or these little green men or these Nordics or these reptilians and all the things that you, you probably have people coming in. And when you immerse yourself in that paradigm and people are saying, I'm not just experiencing attack from the grays. I got all this other crazy stuff that's showing up. What do you do? Do you throw them out? Oh, you're nuts, man. You've been watching too many Marvel movies. Get out of the office. They're describing races of weird, you know, I want to use an expletive, but Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're, they're talking about races and that's what we do on the show. It's like there are many lines of blurry creatures and sometimes multiple versions of, of just one blurry creature. There's, they extend it. I think you're right. I think the church has to start addressing some of this stuff or it's going to fall behind. And, you know, we've got, you know, we're driving around in this rickety old car. It's falling apart and you have people leaving to the new age. Because they see the UFO phenomenon, they see the alien phenomenon, they see the the power that they can harness with not the power of God, but they can get some benefit. And I don't, I, I think we're still shooting ourselves in the foot. And, and just to, to to that point, you know, this is because I have a heart for people. The whole reason why I ended up so weird is because I just wanted to help. People. <laughs> like that's the whole thing. My whole thing, my whole thing was I just want to help people. I, I, it's like you have a problem, you're in bondage, you're miserable, everything in your life is going upside down. I, you and then the god's like well this is what it's going to take and so then i end up here and i'm like you know it's totally strange but i was listening to a podcast on super soldier talks one day and and um so they have a lot of interesting people on that podcast as well and this woman came on there and you know she was telling her story about all this i mean she really with the secret space program and the entities and all i mean she did all this stuff and it was like wow what a story and she's like, yeah, you know, I really, I really tried the whole Christian thing. I went to this church and, and they did deliverance on me for hours once a week, every week for like years and years. And I just found it to be highly toxic and ineffective. And so I decided to switch. And now I'm working with a shaman. I find it much healthier and more beneficial and emotionally stable. And I was like, and that's what I'm talking about. See, because so much ministry, I think, happens in, a, in, that, in that box of ignorance, People are being hurt that Jesus loves. And I'm just, you know, out here trying to do my best to like be God's response to 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 allow for that actual mm. Jesus-powered Holy Spirit ministry to go forth outside of the box of what people are allowed to believe or what the, you know, that where, where religion has cut us off and and be redemptive because because some of this nonsense is it's it, it, it hurts. It hurts mm. to hear it. 
It hurts yeah, to hear someone say, I went from a Christian church to a shaman because that was so toxic. And I know she's not lying. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm listening to the person talk. I'm like, yeah, I, I've seen that church before. I, I Not like the church she was at, but I was like, I've seen that opinion, that disposition, that arrogance. Like we call everything a demon. Therefore, we know exactly what we're talking about. And you just need to fall in line. Like that whole thing is just, to me, unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've. I grew up in a small Christian school, and I think most of the people who graduated have kind of walked away from their faith because they sort of reduced Christianity to like wearing proper clothes and following the rules, you know. And then you get a certain age and you you walk away from it, you know. And a lot of people get mad because I know a lot of people who are, who are Christians are still getting abducted on a nightly basis. And there's a lot of Christians who are like, "How dare you come on? Have people come on your show and say that Jesus can't magic? You just say the name of Jesus, and all this stuff stops." And I'm like, well, how do you tell people who are actively Christians, who have channels like ours, who are promoting all this stuff, who are still getting abducted on a nightly basis? Are you saying they're not a Christian? Are you saying they don't have a relationship with Christ? It's not Harry Potter theology. You can't just say the word and everything's poof, is, is done. There's, it's complicated. And so people get mad at us because, you know, there's some people on our show that come on and, and say that it's not easy. It's, it's not, you don't just say the name of Jesus, all of a sudden you stop getting abducted and and that, r- that rattles a lot of cages because not, I'm not saying that never happens. Some people do do that, and it does stop. But not everybody. It's not a it's not a one size fits all in 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 the sense. It doesn't mean that I don't believe Jesus has the power to vanquish all this stuff. But you see what I'm saying. But I think that what you're saying is that people who do pray and it doesn't work for them, they are super disheartened and they walk away and they try other stuff because well Christianity didn't work. It didn't stop the devils. So I'm gonna go over here. Maybe this thing will. But anyway, it's a little bit of a rant. Yeah, exactly. And 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 often the, what I found the answer is typically in the realm of what I don't understand yet. That's where God just opens up a whole other book. It's like, oh, Daniel, in order to help these people, you're going to have to understand the elemental kingdom. Oh, Daniel, in order to help these people, you're going to have to understand the secret space program. Oh, Daniel, in order to help these people, you're going to have to understand the Nephilim and 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 the hollow earth corporations. You're going to have to under, like it, it just goes on and on and on. And 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 it, but you're this just dropping beauty. episodes. You're just dropping episodes. But this is the beauty. Can I tell you what the beauty is? The beauty is at the end of all of this, Bride Ministries, we have trained dozens of people to minister into the realms of inner healing and deliverance that are having uh, testimonies and an impact on lives all over the world. People are being set free of the most extraordinary things and giving glory to Jesus Christ. And learning that there is truly nothing in creation that is not under the authority of Jesus, or that Jesus does not have the power to resolve once certain things are understood, certain what I would call legalities are addressed. And uh, there is a place of power and victory in Jesus that becomes just an identity piece. Um, Part of getting people to that is why I wrote the book, Pummel the Devil. Bro, I was going to say, no, no, I was going to say this is a good, this is a good segue because you did just did write a book about this, and I, I think it's, um, I think what you said is is so important that there's nothing uh, not underneath or, or not underneath his feet that he doesn't <laughs> have dominion over, and I think sometimes on our show, and I'm sure with you, with you as well, you get into all these crazy things, and the darkness seems so dark. And I love that you just we need to. I love that you just brought it back because I think it's so important to bring it back and and, re, and remind people that as dark as it gets, none of this isn't under his feet. It doesn't 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 have to bend the knee to the King of Kings. And that reality, 
is just such a great reminder for the for what team we play for, right? It, it is Jesus Christ, and our God is is above all. And I and I think you made a really interesting point. And if you missed it when you were listening, Dan, you said the legalities, and I think this is one thing that we've kind of hammered home on our show which, with a few with a few folks, including. You know, some folks like like a uh, we had a Catholic priest on who was an exorcist, right? It, but you realize with with all of this that the spiritual realm, the supernatural world, works in a very legalistic way. And all you have to do is open up your Bible and and read the Book of Job, or read you, you know read a number of, of of instances where things fall into legalities, and the, it operates in in very much a legal system. Often, often a courtroom. You have a courtroom courtroom scenes in the Bible. A lot of places if you look for them, and that reminder that there's a legality to the, to this realm and to the, to this operation that needs to be, you know, and I think we've talked on a macro level about, about this, but I think that's an important reminder that there, there are a lot of rules in that space and everyone needs to follow the rules. It's why Satan yeah. has to ask to sip Job, which is why, you know, and that's just the first example that comes to my mind, right? That there has to be permissions and the same way we, that, that we give permissions willingly you know, people in the occult willingly to these entities to to enter in and do things as well. Well, I was thinking when you were talking about the elementals, I think one of the things growing up in the church, I always wondered, why does why does God have to send a son into our world? Why does he have to become a human? Why does he have to become physical? Why? Why if God is all like, why can't he just rescue humanity from where he is? You know, why does Jesus have to become flesh and bone? You know, of become a son of man, you know? I mean, Gen three. This whole, this whole phys, phys, physicality, taking on the form of man, becoming one of us, and then reclaiming us and the legalities. And there's a lot of those questions you can't answer when you're growing up in the church because you just don't understand. You know, we we're very we don't have a lot of information to make sense of this complicated story. Can I can I can I, can I speak to that one? Yes, go go go. I think that that is so such a powerful question because the answer is extraordinary. And I do, I love to answer that question. And of course, you know, your audience can, can chew on this one, but this is how I look at it. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but there was rebellion. The heavens were defiled. Satan was thrown out. There was a whole coup against God, this whole massive backstory. And so sin is not just a piece of the human experience. It, like like sin and iniquity runs through the heavens. It, you think these are alien greys and uh, reptilians aren't sinning and doing like, like they are definitely in defilement uh, where everywhere they are. Like it, 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 the whole heavens is is in a fallen state as is the earth. And and so what happens is you you have this situation where Satan is actually cast to the earth, and that makes earth the centerpiece of God's solution set. Like God is going to solution out of the earth, a complete repair to the whole creation. And so he puts, you know, Adam in, 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 in the garden, right. As man, first Adam, King priest and God's solution is we're going to have a bloodline King priesthood. And it is going to have dominion over the earth. It's going to fill the earth, subdue it. And, there is going to be a correction on the fall that predates the fall of man. But but Adam fails. God knows and plans around that in advance. Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Here's what happens when God creates Adam, though. He creates him from the dust of the earth. And because 
God created Adam from the dust of the earth and gave him the neshama of God, the breath. Like he's a both a heavenly and an earthly being. He unites heaven and earth. So as a king priest, Adam is also a, a gate between heaven and earth and an agent of redemption for heaven and earth. And that God set that up on purpose because Jesus is the last Adam, a king priest designed to be a gate of reconciliation between heaven and earth. Because when God created the heavens and the earth, you know, it, he, he, he did it in such a way that he bound the destiny of the heavens to the earth. It says, Elohim shemaim In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and, and between those words, you have two Aleph Tavs. That's Jesus Christ, the Alpha and the Omega. Elohim Tav shemaim Tav and the second one has a vav on it, and that, that's because that means nail. And so what you essentially have is God, through Jesus, created the heavens, and through Jesus, nailed the heavens to the created earth. And so God bound the destiny of the heavens to the earth so that through a king priest in the earth, God could redeem not just the earth, but the whole heavens. Adam sinned, God redeemed. Jesus Christ comes as the last Adam. And this is why Colossians 1 says, through the blood of the cross, God reconciles all things, whether in heaven or on earth. So the, so, so the reason why Jesus had to come as a man was to fix everything and to bring creation back to a first estate and to correct for all rebellion everywhere mm-hmm. in him. Wow. That's a mic drop. That's how you pummel, pummel the devil right there, right? <laughs> That's how you pummel the devil, man. That is how you bubble Dan, it's no, like, that, it's, is, that is yeah, great. Dan, it's it's so good to have you back, man, and, <laughs> and to see you. No, it is. It is. It's just I, I, I love I love these discussions. I love I love chatting about these things because you know, we talk about fantastical things. We talk about merfolk today, and you know these these things that are often relegated to the to the realms of mythos. I think it's always fascinating to have a perspective on this, whether it be giants or you know the chimerical creatures and, the, and those kind of things, or or even even mermaids and mermen merman merman or even why just like ancients are, are are worshiping the sun there's a reason why they're doing these things you know and you hear about this growing up and you hear about these these sort of pagan nations doing these things but you think that's just man are they just crazy are they just smoking something peyote but you don't really have a good lot of reason for why historically people have done the strange things that they have and it's i think you kind of encompass that you know there's a whole story, and, and there's there's so many you know dots being connected that this is why they were doing it, you know things like that. Yeah, it's always it's always just so vast, so just very 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 interesting to to have these discussions. And I want to do at the end as, as we wrap up. I wanted to give you a chance to talk about your new book. You, you plugged it twice, but tell us about the new book because we've talked before, and you you've got a number of books as part of your ministry is 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 providing you know resor- and resources podcast. and assets for people to to get themselves set free from the entanglement of the darkness. And you've got a new book. Yes. So yeah, yeah. The, the last three books I've written, they're, they're basically the Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth series. Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth, Advanced Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth, Extreme Prayers That Shake Heaven and Earth. And those books are largely prayer templates. Um, some of them are more general. Um, and then we have whole sections of very powerful deliverance resources to get free from really big things. One of the problems though with those books is it's I mean they're tools, they're not explanations. And 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 you know so I have people that will pick up my book say extreme prayers that shake heaven and earth right and they'll be reading a prayer for freedom from evil grids. 
Like, what is a grid? So there, you know, I have a little blurb at the beginning, and I was like, "This is what a grid is," and this is the language you use, and you kind of just plug these terms in. We have tables and all that, so it's almost self-service. And you know, a person's reading it, but they don't even believe in their belief system that the will of God is not being done when they are being assaulted, raped, and hurt. Like there, there are fundamental schisms in the foundation of people that are picking up my prayer books. They're just like, you know, they think that God actually does not like them or that mm. God is really, you know, determined to punish them and make their lives as miserable as possible because, you know, he's trying to teach them some cosmic lesson on humility. And, you know, so people go in, they have all kinds of issues with God. They don't understand the character of God. Then they're picking up these prayer resources that, you know, it's like they're reading from the bottom of a mountain, what was written from the top of the mountain. And it's like, well, w- where's the path between the revelation that some of these prayers are being birthed out of, the relationship with God that these prayers are being birthed out of, and like where I'm standing, the ground I'm standing on. And so what I find is I've, I've talked to a lot of people is a lot of people don't really understand why they have the ability to stand against the kingdom of darkness, to engage in a prayer life that will actually change things. Some people think prayer doesn't even change things. Some people think that you pray to feel better or maybe get the joy of the Lord, but like God's will is just being done when, you know, Hamas is bombing the Gaza Strip. It's like, oh, that must have been God's will. It's like, you know, so So this book is written to really bring a lot of revelation to foundation so that people can become effective. So many, I I, I tip a lot of sacred cows in this book that stand in the way of uh, a victorious and, you know, a sonship mentality. Like I have confidence to engage my prayer life, my worship and the spirit world at large with the power of God, because I know the ground I'm standing on. I know why heaven backs me. I know why God put me here to give the devil a black eye. And I know why the promises of God are at work in my life. Like there's, there's so many things that have to be ironed out, including questions about suffering and why it happens, weapons of warfare, what those even are are the nature of the kingdom of darkness. And, you know, I do spend some time discussing how it's more complex than we were told. And so this book is really, I think, serving as a foundation to to empower people into a whole other perspective and engagement. Dude, I love it. It's awesome, man. You know, I think from Luke and I's perspective, I mean, if this was one of our first episodes, I think we would just walk away with our head scratching. But it's cool that (laughs) over the years, we've, we've learned so much, you know, like we can follow this conversation you know, like we don't understand a lot of what you talk about, but we understand sort of the framework in, in which all this stuff operates. And I think you you have to sort of do a podcast like this, just even follow along. I and mean, hopefully some of our listeners can do that too. And I know that people listen to your podcast, obviously it's, it's, it's 150 miles an hour as well. So you kind of have to jump in to so get, get in the phone booth. You man. have to it's jump to in, but, I, but it, for people who are just, I mean, if you've made it this far, congratulations, because I think you know, if you don't have that perspective, obviously it's just so jolting. You'll be like, I don't know what, but you know, we've been on this, this, this blurry ride for a while. Thank you for hopping in. You know, your episodes are up there in our top 10 all the time and people love what you do or like they love and hate it. Right. <laughs> you know, they love you. They hate you. It's just part of the, it's part of trudging through pioneers, trailblazers, people like you, you, you got, someone's got to go through the woods and the weeds first. And then everyone else kind of slowly follows along. But you need people like you to, to push these things forward because it's, it's strange, it's weird, and it's dark. And we can't be afraid to 
to help people. And I think that's what you bring to this table. And in a small way, Luke and I kind of do that, just trying to educate people on the weird stuff out there from a Christian perspective. And, you know, we don't, most of the time we leave these episodes like with more questions. And I'm sure a lot of people have that today. So head over to Dan's podcast. Dan, drop your podcast so people can go and check out you if they want to know more. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, just uh, two simple addresses. Uh, the, the ministry is at bridemovement.com. The podcast is at dandevall.com. And uh, everything else can basically be navigated from those two landing pads. So bridemovement.com, dandevall.com. Well, maybe Dan will be will be doing this on stage here at, on the, yeah, ne- the send next. Yeah, send me an email. Let me know. Oh, I'll, I'll do soon, as soon as we have details, you'll have details. That's just <laughs> that's the uh, the cart and the horse, right? So uh, I love it. Yeah, thanks, man. It's good to see you, Dan. Right, really good to see you. It's it's, it's cool, you. like because I mean, we'd have people that come and go visit. You know, we've heard from, through as you said through the back channels, folks that listen to the show have gone and found you and come and and, and gone through the coaching and found themselves you know set free so i think the most powerful as always the most powerful testimonies are are people's stories right you can't you can't argue with redemption and change lives like that there is something real and miraculous that happens um when people you know are 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 healed are are saved and in your business they're delivered and so just grateful for the work you're doing man you're out there you're out there giving the devil black eye and as you say that's that's the that's all of our roles so speaking of rolling speaking of rolling we got to roll that time cop and get out of here. But uh, <laughs> thank you, Dan. It's good to see <laughs> you, brother. Pleasure. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right, brother. All right. Thanks, bro. Let's go. Yeah, good to see you, man. All right, man. All right, Dan. <laughs> see you, Dan. Later, brother. Bye.